fantastic because there'll be some days where you have a lot to say, but there'll be some days where you have literally nothing. And when you have nothing is when you're forced to write down mm. and some beautiful things end up coming out. Um, and it's almost in those moments where you have nothing to say that you kind of dig deeper and deeper and then things will surface that you'll be like, wow. Hello everyone, welcome to the Experience Podcast. My name is Tejaswa or Tex and together you and I are going to have amazing conversations with amazing people and learn so much through our experiences. This is a listener supported podcast so any level of Patreon subscription or one-time donation will be accepted with a lot of gratitude and used back to making this podcast experience even greater. In today's episode, I can't wait to welcome Pooja. We're going to be talking about how to feel more complete and fulfilled in all the different areas of our lives. But first, let's take a deep breath and close our eyes and reflect on the word wholeness. Maybe it's a feeling, a memory, a person, an environment, or whatever else may come to mind. Keep this thought in mind, maybe write it down on a piece of paper, because we will come back to it later in the episode. If you're comfortable, we'd love to know what you thought of, so please do share with us in the comments below, or feel free to message us. Let's begin. Hello everyone, welcome back to the Experience Podcast. In this episode, we have someone really, really wholesome. Her name is Pooja, and she's currently working as a consultant. She has a wellness page on Instagram by the name of Wellbeing with Pooch. She's led wellness initiatives for hundreds of employees. She's also worked with children in Ghana and China, uh, serving the youth in need. She's a core part of the Living Tea, which is a sustainable and ethical clothing brand with an amazing purpose. She's also training to be a counselor. And honestly, I think she's the perfect person to be training for something like this. Pooja is an amazing personality and has a really, really warm presence. And honestly, is one of the sweetest people I know. I'm a big fan of Pooja, so it is an honor to have you on this podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Oh my God, thank you for that introduction. <laughs> um, it's an honor to be here with you, <clears throat> honestly. And how are you? What have you been up to? <laughs> What have I been up to? Um, you know what? It's been a crazy few weeks. Mm. I uh, <clears throat> I recently switched jobs, um, but also I've been um, I've been part of this service um, with the Studio One Away. Mm -hmm. um, so to be honest, like a lot of my life has just been around uh, centered around around those um, things. But um, uh, so yeah, it's been a bit mental, to be honest. <laughs> Yeah, really hectic. Mm -hmm, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So tell us a little bit about that. Tell us a little bit about what you're doing in your job at the moment. You're traveling a lot, aren't you? Um, yeah. So in terms of my job, um, I mean, I'm a consultant. So mm. um, 
pretty much just helping businesses to solve their solutions um, or to not solve the solutions, but to solve any of their problems. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it could literally range from anything. And at the moment, I'm having to travel up north um, to Hull, which has been really interesting because I've, I've been at home for two years. So to be out and about and all of that has just been um it, it doesn't feel real and mm. it feels kind of crazy to be back to the normal environment um <clears throat> so so yeah that's been quite interesting um and then um so so yeah that's kind of been work situation okay um, and then in terms of the studio mm-hmm. um the studio is a lot more in, well a lot more interesting <laughs> So, um, so yeah, so the studio, I mean, just a little bit of background and intro. So, um, it was kind of, um, it was founded by, um, well, the whole idea, um, came from Dave and Ritaswamy in New Zealand. Um, and we fortunately found a space like near, like in the heart of London, near Oxford Circus, um, to basically essentially um, preach to the Western community. Mm-hmm. So the Studio 108 is like, really the goal is kind of um, to show and to, to show and demonstrate like an alternative lifestyle to the kind of madness of modern living. And it's really, the studio is really kind of, you know, when you go in there, it really is quite like a spiritual oasis. Like the lights are down and you've got a little, you know, little bright, um, you've got these kind of like, um, you know, it's a really nice mood when, mm. when you go in. And, um, you know, it's all centered around, you know, four things like soulful music, a really loving community, um, some amazing vegan food every week and wisdom. So when you go there, you do feel very whole and mm. you feel very nourished. Um, and the aim really, like I said, is to inspire particularly the Western community on like how to reconnect with um, the source of life, mm. uh, the essence of life. And that's through three things like chanting, dancing and feasting. So when you go there, it's super buzzing and there's like people from all sorts of cultures and races and age groups and all sorts. And it's just a fantastic place to be. So, you know, at the moment it's kind of started out in about roughly May time. So we had we had kind of three events going on and now there's um yeah, there's, there's three regular events going on every week. And it's just been amazing to be part of that and see it grow so much. Wow. Yeah, no, places like this are always really nourishing. It's the word. And enlivening because I think I think the first time I went to Omnom was uh, just before COVID happened. And a, and a couple of us, we went uh, as part of a KCSOC crew. We went and we had um, uh, Radhika Ranjan Prabhu mm-hmm. uh, doing, the, doing the event there. And he did a kirtan and... I think that was the first time I, at that point, I hadn't joined KC like properly, you know. Uh, but after that event, I was like, something's really magical around these people, and yeah, I definitely want to be something more uh, in in this in this area. So, tell us what your role is in in Studio One, and how are you helping them out? Um, 
To be honest, at the moment, it is literally, it started off as helping out with pretty much everything um, mm. and anything that they need, <laughs> that they needed help in. So whether it was like marketing to like the actual studio design and how, what's the look and feel going to be like, or, you know, it was, it was even just about trying to develop out what's our launch event going to look like, how do we get more people in the door, from, you know, through the door. So literally all aspects. And mm. in, in, in one way, it was it was almost like consulting, you know, where you're just going out and you're, and you're helping in all out parts. And I just felt like it was really within my nature. Um, and then more recently on Fridays, um, the, the Fridays events, um, it's opened in terms of it's a mixed, it's a mixed um uh the demographic is mixed but is led primarily by a female team so that's it's just been really nice to be part of that team and we yesterday we had like our first um girls uh, retreat where we mm. brought some of like the younger people uh, well some of the newer people who've come to the studio and, and who are really new to this whole idea of spirituality um come to the beautiful like Bhaktivedanta Manor and we had like a whole day retreat and it was it was wonderful so yeah so to be honest like you know things keep evolving and moving and my role keeps evolving and moving as well but um yeah so it's been it's been amazing to be part of that I was I was mentioning earlier that it has been quite tough to like you know on the topic of of wholeness um you know, what does it mean to be whole? Like mm. I, I was meditating on that word. And for me, you know, it's about being able to show up where you show up, but in, in fullness, you know, mm. whether that's showing up in your relationships in full, whether that's showing up in your services, in your work. But you continue to serve with Studio 108. And I know you're, you're also, you know, doing stuff with the Living Tea. So tell mm. us a little bit about how, I don't, I, I wouldn't say, um, I don't think the right question would be how do you manage your time. I think the right question is, what inspires you to continue mm. serving these quote unquote extra uh, in these in these quote unquote extra areas of your life? Yeah, yeah. No, that that's a really beautiful question, and um, I, I guess it just boils down to you know what is my purpose mm-hmm. and. Um, you know, ultimately, for me, one of my key desires and wishes, and this has been from a young age now, the how and how it manifests can be many different ways. But for me, what has been really core is wanting to um, help and inspire people on an individual basis, which is one of the reasons why I've decided to pursue and go down the route of training to become a counselor. Yeah. But, but I think there's, you know, that that's very much centered around health and well-being and mental health, all of that. But I think one other area which I think people need help with is reconnecting with their real self, understanding who they really are, um, and realizing that we are a spirit soul and going and kind of embarking on that path. And so for me, being able to, you know, even just talking to some of the girls on the retreat and and hearing their journeys that they've gone through and how much it's helped them to be part of this community. When you hear that and when you hear their stories, it just, it makes you, I don't know, it just, yeah, it feels very fulfilling and it feels like you're genuinely, um, 
you're playing a small part in terms of helping them on their journey. And for me, like that's one of the greatest feelings. Mm. Um, so that's kind of what keeps me going. And even with the living tea, like the essence and the purpose of it is to get people to become more conscious of what they're wearing, um, to become conscious of their way of living. And so it's all part of all of these things is all part of like, you know, better way of living and raising your consciousness, whether that's yeah. through, you know, the health and wellness angle, whether that's through spirituality, whether that's through your, your day-to-day living and your lifestyle and all of that. So for me, like these these areas really tap into like what drives me. So, but but I'm not going to lie, there are moments where I, I, I'm finding it really tough to be mm. able to fully in these areas. Um and so yeah i'm in a bit of a crisis mode where i'm like oh my god how do i manage all of that and then also you know being able to fully show up in your relationships and all Mm. that is also something that's very important for me yeah wow no thank you for being so open about that that's i really appreciate that i think a lot of people need to hear us being more open in life just people in general so thank you so much um, you talked about showing up fully in relationships. And so for people listening in, when we say relationships, we don't just mean romantic relationships. We mean any relationship that you have, um, whether it's family, friends, romantic relationships, and even with yourself. You know, something that I struggle with a lot, Pooja, is um, I consider myself to be a very busy individual. There's always something that I'm doing apart from my, you know, whether I was at uni, obviously I was doing my uni things, but I was also doing a lot of other things. And now I have a nine to five job and I really like my nine to five job, but I'm also doing a lot on the side as well. So something sometimes I have a, a bit of a problem with is, as you say, showing up fully in my relationships, especially mm-hmm. with myself. Mm-hmm. You know, in times, I think, you know, we've had, uh, we've, we've touched on this topic in previous conversations, Pooja, but for me, it feels like, um, you know, when when there's somebody else involved in whatever I'm doing, it becomes a little bit easier for me because now there's somebody else involved. There's actively someone that, you know, you can bounce ideas off and things like that. But I often find it when it's things to do with, you know, just with yourself. So, mm-hmm. for example, whether that's um, cooking every day or exercising every day or just sm- things that may seem small, but, uh, you know, do have a massive impact on us. I sometimes struggle to um, fully do that for myself, mm. you know? So what are your thoughts on that? And how, how would you say somebody like me and a lot of other people can show up for ourselves mm. um, in a more conscious way? Mm, that That's a really beautiful question. So how can we show up better for ourselves? Mm. Because it's true, like we can only extend to others what we have within ourselves. We can only be loving towards others if we love ourselves. Mm-hmm. We can only be kind to others if we're kind with ourselves. So how do we extend that to ourselves? Um, and I think a big part of it is having self-awareness. <clears throat> um, I think one of the things that I most recently learned through a little bit of my training um is that if we can understand, you know, if we can firstly even understand what we've gone through, 
if we can understand more about our family backgrounds, our family histories, and how that's impacted our behaviors today and how we function, mm-hmm. that would bridge a massive gap because people would better start understanding themselves and they'd become more self-aware in terms of, you know, if they're feeling lonely, why is it? Because we can work on the loneliness and we can do all the activities and we can spend more time with ourselves, but we have to dig a, a, a one layer deeper, which is why do we feel that in the first place? Mm. Because when we understand why we're feeling the way we do, then we can start <clears throat> being more effective with how we go about it. So I think the first thing is being able to reflect, um, you know, daily, ref- really reflect um, holistically in terms of just simple things like what is it part of your upbringing that's impacted you today and um, what are some of the behaviors today and then and then taking another step to also just do daily reflections like what's coming up for you every single day like I think that's super helpful Mm. and then I think above and beyond I think the the biggest healer um, or the biggest um, help is is genuinely making the time for yourself like whatever form that is um, and not neglecting yourself. It's so easy to get caught up and not spend time with yourself. Mm. And, you know, sometimes there's some might, some, there might be some people who feel guilty even, but ultimately it's like a cup and we have to fill that cup up before we can start helping others. And so it's identifying, knowing what you enjoy, what you don't enjoy, what makes you happy, what makes you laugh, you know, what just makes you feel peaceful. Mm. A lot of it is about if you're peaceful within, then that transcends into your relationships, transcends into the energy that you give out. Mm. So it's about, for me at least, it's about trying to create a a very peaceful life. Mm. So... I think it's a two, I think in answer to that question, I think there's two things, understanding yourself and having more self-awareness. And then the second one is once you have that, um, is to genuinely reflect on, you know, what are the things that make you feel happy and good and peaceful? And what are the things that genuinely fill that cup up, which Mm. varies from person to person. Okay. So Pooja, you mentioned feeling guilty. Hmm. What do you mean by that? Do you do you mean that we feel guilty when somebody asks us, oh, do you want to go here or do you want to go there? And we're like, no, I want to spend... Or like, you don't feel like going, but you feel pressured to go? I think when I said guilty, only because I've witnessed this um, mm-hmm. amongst other people, not, not myself, but um, feeling guilty that um, I could be using my time in the service of others rather than giving it to myself. And not honoring yourself and Mm. valuing yourself. Um, And it's putting yourself lowest on the pecking order. And the funny thing is, you might not even be saying that to yourself. And you might, it might just be very unconscious. And it it might not be a thing that you verbalize in your mind, but it might be that through your actions, you very much are putting yourself below. Yeah. Wow. I had this conversation with someone some time back um, and it was to do with uh, the secret law of attraction. I'm not sure if you know what that is. Mm. Yeah. So, you know, ever since I've been very young, I've always been 
very openly saying that I want to change the world, you know, which is apparently a very brave thing to do, to say out loud. So I've, I've always, a lot of people have scrutinized me in the sense that they say, oh, you always say things like this, but what are you doing about it? You know, um, and this was especially prominent a couple of years ago. And I felt really bad because mm. I wasn't showing that I'm changing the world or, you know, whatever. But a lot of it was to do with me trying to improve myself to be able to impact the world. Uh, but obviously, when you're 18, 19, these aren't things you can fully comprehend at the time. And in my opinion, even as adults, we don't fully comprehend this idea that helping yourself automatically ends up helping everyone around you and even people who are not around you because of the butterfly effect. Mm. And, you know, um, a few weeks back, uh, I was invited to Casey Stock Nationals event where I was asked to MC. And I was happy to serve. And they gave us a little card. And behind that card was a quote. And it says, the best gift you can give to somebody is an upgraded version of yourself. Because then you have more to give. And I feel like um, ever since I've been trying to be more and more spiritual, this idea has become more and more prominent and understandable and relatable. You know, but when we are not in that conscious state of mind, working on yourself can, like you said, feel selfish. Mm -hmm. um, but I just, I just thought I'd share that. Yeah. That was love it. I, I love that. Like the best thing you can give to someone else is an upgraded version. That's so beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. So tell us a little bit about how, you know, so we, we, we talked about how making ourselves a better person. Mm. helps us give more to others, mm. right? What are some practical examples of how that happens? Anything that comes to your mind right away? I mean, in terms of what nourishes me and mm. what I love is um, I love just spending time with, like, my family. I love just hanging out with them, having a... A t uh, a, I call it a China chat. So just having like a warm drink and hanging out wow. and having conversations. Like it's just so lovely. Um, I love just sometimes snuggling up in my bed with a warm drink and just reading a book. Um, sometimes I like just putting a candle on and listening mm. to um, soft music and really allowing myself to feel the emotions. And also I love... I do like journaling a lot yeah. and um, something which I came across um, about a year ago um, when <clears throat> was about the concept of morning pages. Um, it's something that I aspire to do more of, but it's basically where <clears throat> every morning you spend about 10 minutes and you just have a brain dump for like 10 minutes um, and you have three pages and you just write whatever comes in your mind. And it's fantastic because there'll be some days where you have a lot to say, but there'll be some days where you have literally nothing. And when you have nothing is when you're forced to write down mm. and some beautiful things end up coming out. Um, and it's almost in those moments where you have nothing to say that you kind of dig deeper and deeper and then things will surface that you'll be like, wow. Um, 
so yeah, I love, I do love journaling. It gives me a time to reflect, especially in the madness of thing that's in the madness of the week and the days. Uh, it just gives a little bit of time for me to slow down, pause, reflect. Uh, but I, you know, it's something that I wish I could, I could do more of. But yeah, these are some of the things that I, I love doing. Um, and then um, I, I mean, I'm really, I am a foodie. <laughs> <laughs> I do love going out to eat and trying new places and stuff like that. Um, <clears throat> and just um, eating lovely, delicious home-cooked meals as well. So yeah, these are some of the things for me. That No, thank you so much for sharing that. That's so, that's so beautiful because these are what a lot of people would look at as small things of life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's a cliche statement that says, happiness lies in these small things in life which i think is very 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 amazing um you know before i ask you something about food i thought i'd share my experience with quote-unquote journaling so i'm actually really bad at journaling and what i mean by that is i have this bullet journal sitting right in front of me right now okay and what i've done is forced myself to write one line of gratitude every day before i sleep and that already has helped so much Mm. but I want to be able to free write. Is that the right, um, the free writing, yeah? Yeah. Uh, And I remember um, a couple of months ago, I attended this course called Science of, no, not Science of Self-Realization. It was uh, Veda BSc, um, something to do with happiness. Oh, BSc in happiness. I think that's what it's called. And uh, the speaker was Vraj Bihari Prabhu from Mumbai. Really amazing, really amazing Prabhu. And he talked about how journaling is so powerful. Um, And I asked him, how does one journal? And he said, if you really can't think of anything, what you should do is um, come up with 30 questions, right? 30 or 31. And on the first day of the month, for example, let's say say today is the 17th. you You start with your number one question and write your thoughts on that question. Then tomorrow, you pick up another question and do the same and do this for 30 days. Wow. Right? And then exactly one month later, mm-hmm. you go back to the first question. Don't read your answers. Come back to the same question and write about it again and see how the two may differ. And oh, I still haven't done it, which is poor form on my part. But that idea sparked something in me, which was, to do it, you know, I, I somehow convinced myself when I was younger that I don't need to write anything down. I can store it all in my head. Mm. But the more and more spiritual I got, the more I understood our minds are so convoluted with mm. what we think is urgent at the time that we forget what might be actually important to us. Mm. So doing something like this is really powerful. Another thing that I actually do because I don't like writing a lot, which is a little bit sad because I wish I really did write um, a lot more. But what I do is I make videos of myself on my laptop. And it's been five years since I've been doing that. And what I do is I just sit in front of the screen. I'm literally looking at myself and I'm just talking. And what you said a few minutes ago about when you have nothing to say, that's when you're going to dive deeper. Mm. So when I run out of things to say, but I said, no, I want to talk more. I want to talk to you, you as in me. more that's when subconsciously everything that was sort of trapped starts coming out i'm like exactly 
I just rewatched the entire hour of the time I spent talking to myself. And I'm like, okay, we really need to work on this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just thought I'd share that as well. Yeah, that's what, crazy. What's a, re- what's a recent realization you had though, as in, I, I, I mean, I'd love to share some of mine, but I mean, is there mm. anything that's been cropping up for you recently? Yeah, it's loads. Uh, one of the ones is actually to do with music. Mm. You know, um, when I was younger, you know, I started rapping um, around four years ago, four or five years ago. But the one thing I commonly heard was people looked at me and they said, oh, um, you're a, you are a rapper? I don't believe that. You know, you don't look like a rapper. You're too nice to be a rapper and all of that stuff. And so what happened was there was this desire to show them that I can rap really well. So the, at the time, the things I did were with the wrong intention. But as I grew older and I met, started meeting more and more amazing people, more authentic people, um, then in my second year, I did this performance on stage and I was really nervous. But a lot of people came up to me after that and they said, dude, you rap really well. So obviously that was a huge confidence boost. But what started happening after that was I kept putting off recording more songs because I didn't feel confident that my voice was there yet and that if I record and it doesn't sound nice to me, I'll get put off. And so I kept on delaying the entire music recording process up until now. So it's, it's, a, it's an idea of perfectionism, I guess, but also that um, because I was striving for this thing called perf- perfection, I never released anything. Mm. So all the songs that I've made, there are about 50 of them now that people have never heard because I never put them out there. So that's something I, I really need to dive a little bit deeper. And, 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 you know, a few days ago, Nanda Prabhu said something to me. He said, you know, you're just an instrument of sharing this knowledge. So it doesn't actually even matter with whether people like you or not. Mm. And that I think is so powerful. So that's a reflection that Shed, your turn. Wow. Wow. I love that. You know why I love that? Because I've signed up to Vex King's newsletters. And uh, funny enough, literally today, he said on in his newsletter, <clears throat> and I've just got it up, he said, I know it's hard to let yourself be seen, but here's the thing. You don't have to wait until you're perfect. Um, if you wait until you've got the job or publish the book or heal the relationship, well, by then there will be something else that you think or that society thinks isn't good enough. Mm. You'll be hiding in the shadows forever. So please come out of the shadows. Not tomorrow, not five years from now. 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 <laughs> no, I, don't, I think that, that ties in beautifully with the whole concept of wholeness. Mm. Yeah, so what are some of your reflections, Pooja? Recently, what's been coming up for me um, is a concept around um, being yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, I know we talk about it all the time, and it just seems like such a simple concept. Be yourself. But, um, you know, I find that I very much adapt to my situations, people that I'm around, I 
I'm sensitive to different energies and mm. I'm sensitive to people's like feelings and and moods and I almost adapt myself depending on the person that I'm with but in that in that in the essence of that whilst you know sometimes it can be a really nice thing because you're on the same level with that person um which can feel very comforting for the other person um at the same time i'm not allowing myself to to show up as fully me mm. and it was really interesting because <coughs> this um this lady was just telling me that you know it's often the hardest thing can be to not be ourselves because when we're ourselves people don't necessarily want to hear it like let's say we say things bluntly or exactly as it is sometimes not everyone wants to hear it like that so being yourself sometimes it's just not what people want even mm. you know as much as people don't like to admit that concept it's true most people can't accept other people's fullness because either because of ego or whatever they don't want to hear they there's <coughs> sorry they don't want to hear um so for me the challenge has been about you know how can we maintain a healthy balance of filter while still um not neglecting yourself mm -hmm. So that's been really key for me. Um, so that's definitely something that's come up for me. Um, and the other thing which I just wanted to share, um, which I've been reflecting on a little bit more, is obviously we've spoken a lot about, you know, ourselves and how we can show up for ourselves but what does it mean to show up for others you know let's let's define that mm. and um yesterday i went to a lovely um girls kind of <coughs> sorry i went to a lovely girls um gathering and um it's just um a group of a, a group of girls and women that come together um to you know discuss a topic kind of once a month um and we had a we had a speaker her name is um Chiti Shakti and she was gave a beautiful um beautiful talk about um Srila Prabhupada mm -hmm. and um how we can serve him how we can get to know him better and she said something which really resonated with me and she's like um what is the what is the acid test of being a Vaishnava mm. what is the acid test of being you know a, a spiritual being essentially um and she said that the acid test is <coughs> how much others feel loved by you when you're in their presence wow and when I heard that I literally was like, wow, because when it's so easy when you're with people to just touch and base, you know, maybe have like a two minute conversation and then kind of leave and blah, blah, blah. But when you're with someone 
you know, how much do you feel their presence, their ability, you know, how much do you feel their, you know, their, their care for you, um, their concern for you? How much really do you feel loved by them? Mm. That for me really stood out because going forward, you know, that's the way I want to think. Like, you know, every interaction with any individual, am I serving them and am I making them feel loved? Because there's only one thing that people need in this world and that's love and people are seriously lacking it. And so to be able to give that unconditionally is like, you know, one of the best things we can try to do. And, um, you know, to that point, she also mentioned, <coughs> you know, how can we do that, essentially? Um, how can we How can we do that? And obviously the first one we touched on is filling your own cup. But the second practical thing that she said um, and she mentioned was think of the person that you love the most and extend that to everyone you meet. Now, some people might be asking, oh, well, what is it? Like, I've never experienced love. I don't know. But I'm sure that for most people, there's at least one person who you are most forgiving with, most patient with, most tolerant with, and that is someone that you love. And that's why you are like that with them. So think about it. Who is the person that you love the most and extend that to everyone around you? And I just thought I'd share that because for me, I think that's so beautiful. And I, and I want as many people to hear that because I think there's one thing that this world needs and that is unconditional love from everyone that we meet. Ladies and gentlemen, grab the nearest tissue around you and wipe your eyes. <laughs> no, uh, that is so powerful, you know, and I am blown away because we talk about unconditional love so much mm. in, in, in the spirituality that we follow, Puja. Um, but I've never heard it like that. Mm. You know, um, thank you so much for sharing that. You no, know, I'd to <clears throat> go, on, go on. No, I was just going to say thank you to Chitty Shakti for sp- sharing her knowledge. Yeah. Um, really, really hit the heart. Um, <clears throat> and I was going to mention one thing, but I completely forgot now. So, but you carry on. <laughs> what were you going to say? Yeah, it's it's just that, you know, I'm just going to be very, very open here. When I was younger, I didn't feel like I belonged anywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, so we moved countries a lot. We moved like schools a lot. And so every new place I went, it was like something new, you know. Um, and when I was trying to be this, I was trying to be that. But when you go to a new place, they're like something else. And, you know, so... It was always this kind of thing. So I always, you know, when I, when I grew up and I, I, and I realized this, especially when I came to the UK, I was 
convinced that I'm just trying to please people around me, you know? Uh, so you, you started becoming a people pleaser. Mm. That you want everybody around you to be happy and smiling. And, and so to some extent, I thought maybe I'm overcompensating because a part of me feels really missing and it feels like nobody really bothered to make sure I felt comfortable and mm. safe and acknowledged. I mean, for most part of my life, I felt like a phantom because it just felt like I was there, but nobody really knew I existed. And that's why I used to do silly things to catch people's attention. And that's where the whole idea of me wanting to become famous came in from. But, you know, that's a whole different conversation. But as I grew older and older, I don't know, maybe I, I thought I had a savior complex where it feels like I want to make sure that everybody around me feels comfortable mm. and loved. And, you know, that's why I sometimes, maybe sometimes uncomfortably drag people out of their whatever they're doing and just have a nice conversation with them. And that's what I did with you during the retreat, during the Kirtan time. I don't know if you remember. <laughs> of course I do. That was such an amazing conversation. So how does one differentiate between quote-unquote, trying to please people mm. and what you mentioned as how loved does someone feel in your presence? Mm. Does that make, does that question make sense? Yeah, beautiful, beautiful question. You know, the question is how do we make others feel loved but not in a people-pleasing way? Yeah. Yeah. And I think immediately my answer comes down to intention mm. um and for me the best example of intention is um i love to yeah for me the best example of that is looking at two words one of them is nice versus kind mm. when we're kind to others that means, for example, if someone's doing something wrong, we'll call them out, even if, you know, it means that we'll be reprimanded for it, or maybe we won't hear nice words from that person. We'll do it because it's coming from a place of love. Mm -hmm. Whereas being nice, we do it as a people-pleasing tendency. You know, we might not say something to someone because we don't want to hurt them or we don't want to lose our friendship with them. And mm. therefore, the easiest thing is to not be true and transparent and honest and to just cover it up. And that is coming from a place of fear. And what I found is that any time we're doing something, you know, with, um, with people-pleasing tendencies, most of the time it's coming from a place of fear. And I found that I've had these tendencies for most part of my life. Mm -hmm. And that's because for me, I've, I realize on reflection, a lot of the time is because I didn't want to hurt people. And I didn't want to create a sour mood or I didn't want to have a bad relationship with anyone. I would prefer for it to just be good with everyone, you know, which is great. But I think inherent in that is a bit of fear. And, um, you know, ultimately, it's about truly just surrendering and having trust and acceptance that, you know, we should just 
try our best and say what is right and do what is right, regardless of the consequence. Um, So for me, it all boils down to intention. Every time you feel you're doing that, ask yourself why, why? And you will have the answer. The answer will be in your heart. That is, that is amazing. I think the, the purpose of intention subconsciously does affect the way our actions are done. Do you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, like, again, just coming back to this whole, you know, me wanting to be famous in the past was coming out of a place of fear because I thought if I'm famous and everybody already knows me, I don't need to, you know, go out of my way to show people that I exist, you know, because mm-hmm. everybody already knows I exist. But every time I did anything with the intention of, uh, with the intention of getting attention, mm-hmm. that's a nice one right there, with the intention <laughs> of getting attention, um, I was so scared all the time. Anything I wanted to do, I would hold back. It's kind of like, you know, when you're singing um, and you don't want other people to hear you because you're not confident. But until and unless you don't open your voice and be loud, Mm. you're not going to get any better. Mm. You know, Um, but the moment, you know, I'm so grateful for these people and our association and the spirituality because it showed me that we can do whatever we're doing, but we do it with the right intention. We can learn so much from it and we can grow so much from it. And we're able to help serve the world in whatever way we can, but we do it well. Yeah. And that's why even when taking this podcast, for example, I was this idea came to me two years ago, but I never did it two years ago. Because I guess the intention was, ha, huh, have a podcast, that'll be cool. And it is a cool thing. But what was your intention with it? So Pooja, tell us a little bit about what can someone do when they recognize that what they were doing was with a wrong intention, but they're already on this path. Should they just stop or should they rethink why they're doing it and somehow continue doing what they're doing, but do it with a a better intention? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I think immediately my thoughts are it's never too late to, first of all, change your intention and it's never mm-hmm. too late to change your actions. So <clears throat> if you find that you're doing something out of fame or whatever it is, it doesn't mean that you completely renounce what you're doing, but actually by merely reflecting on your intention, that in itself will transcend into how you talk to others, what you do. Um how you behave, how you act, like that energy, it's so subtle, but it Mm. will transcend into what you give out. And I know that's not a really concrete example, but I know it's quite esoteric, that answer, but I think my perspective is you can still continue on your path, but have Mm. a check in with yourself and change that. And, you know, ultimately we can't be hard on ourselves. We are humans and you know, we're, we're not perfect. And, you know, we do have ulterior motives. And sometimes we will be doing things for other reasons. And that's okay. But, 
you know, do the reflection piece. And if you realize that, you know, you're doing something for the wrong reasons, it's never too late to turn back and change that. And the most important thing is, even if no one else realizes that your intentions change, if you know it, that's the most important thing. Mm. And yesterday, I love what Titi Shakti said, which was that she will make a point of doing one thing, one service that no one knows about and only herself. Because from that perspective, the ego can never get in the way. Um, and the false ego has nothing to latch onto. And then it just becomes about the supreme and the individual. Mm. And so if you make a point of doing something not for the recognition of others, but purely for yourself, and whether that be changing your intention purely for yourself, um, that can only be a very powerful thing. It is. It is very powerful indeed. And I think one of the sort of side effects of doing something like that is your confidence in yourself and the image you have of yourself mm. changes. Um, I think these days, the one problem that I commonly see is, you know, this whole hashtag hustle culture, which is, um, which, which just feels a little bit strange to me because what a lot of people try to do is show every single thing that they're doing mm. with, in my opinion, what seems to be like proving to somebody else that they're working really hard yeah. so that the other person can convince them that they're working really hard. Yeah. And I was in this trap for many, many years. I've been on social media since I was 12, you know, so... You know, what you said about do something that nobody knows about, do kind things that nobody else knows about, mm -hmm. really honestly changes the image you have of yourself. Mm. And I think that's really, really important. Thank you for sharing that. So, Pooja, before we were rudely interrupted by your lovely internet service provider, we were talking about how we can do things for ourselves. Um, and you were about to give an example. Yeah, I mean, um, <laughs> I think we were talking about doing things that um, no one knows about but yourself. Hmm. And um, in my previous workplace, one of my managers, a very inspiring lady, she um, unfortunately her, her brother passed away quite quite a young age. Um, just had a stroke and passed away. And uh, she she was devastated, absolutely devastated. And um, took some time off from work. Um, and then at his funeral, so many people um, gave speeches. And one of the things that came up um, among so many different people was that he was involved in so many charitable endeavors mm. and he donated so much money to so many different causes. And the funny thing is, no one really knew it apart from the individuals who were talking, um, talking about him. And 
she mentioned to me that well she was able to learn a lot about her brother and how much he gave in those moments and that to me just um had such an impact because it just made me think as well like it just it reminded me again like how much am I doing things for the recognition of others versus genuinely wanting to do good um for the purpose of, of the real goodness um and it made me think as well like what's the legacy that I want to leave um so I think there's something really powerful in being able to do those kind of things um no one knowing but yourself wow that is really powerful you know it is also you know you speaking of legacy there's this quote that just came into my head and maybe it's a quote or a reflection or a or a meditation of a sort it's you know just just close your eyes and imagine it's your funeral have you heard this one i think i have like yeah yeah so it's your funeral and let's say you know people around you who, who you surround yourself with right now or have in the past are giving speeches about you what are they saying mm. you know and that is something that we really that, that is a that is a meditation that really makes us reflect on who we are as a person right now um and where we'd like to go mm. which direction do we want to take our life in at the moment you know and um Obviously, for everyone listening in, if you do want to try this meditation out, please do. But please also remember not to judge yourself of whatever may come inside your mind right now. You know, take it as an opportunity to reflect deeper and understand the kinds of things you want to do from now onwards or something that you're proud of that you've been doing for a really long time and you want to continue doing that. Um, no, thank you for sharing that example, Pooja. Um it is difficult in today's age to do something and not tell other people about it. It almost seems like we're encouraged, you know, in, in, in a lot of ways, whether we are applying for jobs and writing things in our CV. In some ways, it feels like we're always encouraged to just tell everybody everything that we're doing. And if we're not, then, you know, some people look at us and think of us as someone who's not doing much or, you know, you're not being productive and things like that. Um, but I think there's a flip side to that, you know, and, and I think the conversation that we've been having for the past couple of minutes shows that, mm. you know, um, and a lot of the times, at least in my experience, people that I've really connected with, and, you know, Pooja, this was something I was telling you uh, a few days ago, that I have so many friends beautiful friends right now that I feel like I know really deep but I don't know anything about them on a surface level like I don't know what their favorite movie is I don't know what their favorite song is I don't know what their favorite color is in fact even today in our test run um you know you said yes I'm wearing a navy blue sweatshirt and I said did you know that was my favorite color and you're like no I didn't know that <laughs> uh, no I just think that's really interesting um no, definitely. So coming back to the topic of wholeness, mm. Pooja, 
you know, it feels like when we take the cup analogy of us filling ourselves first, really ties in to that beautifully, doesn't it? Mm. Yeah. And, you know, just a reflection I had was, you know, I'm doing, I'm doing my job. doing my best in my services, trying my best um, in other aspects of life. But, you know, when we come back to that definition again of what it means to be a Vaishnava, like if I, you know, or even doing my spiritual practices, whatever, just a whole list of things, if I can't be there and show up for other people, I just feel like the rest, the practice, everything is pointless. Mm-hmm. because at the core of it is all about connection and community and relationships we can't just be living spiritually doing our own practices but when we're out there we're not connecting we're not connecting ultimately connecting with people building relationships like that is what's really going to elevate our spiritual mm-hmm. journey and so it's it's really kind of made me think like, you know, something needs to change, the balance needs to change. Oh. And, you know, we can be in the mode of do, 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 do. <laughs> but, um, you know, ultimately it's relationships and community, which um, is the key. And... Um, you know, like they say, most people um, they'll have everything. You know, they'll have everything they want—the money, the fame—but they won't have those fulfilling relationships and connections. Yeah. And um, you know, that is the ultimate source of, of happiness as well. So, um, yeah, just just I thought I had to say that. No, absolutely, yeah. So, Pooja, you have a you have an Instagram handle, Wellbeing with Pooj, yeah. And um, I must say, like, well, the first time we connected was because of uh, Sonal, Miss Soldier. Yeah, you were doing a live with her, and I was doing a live with her. And the moment I saw your page, I was like, I'm a fan, you know, of yours, Pooja. And um, tell us a little bit about what that page is for and which direction you're trying to take that page into because you know you you, you went from are you bolds to now well-being with pooj tell us a little bit about that change and what were you trying to do with it yeah i love that i love talking about the page it makes please do come on let's go time. but yeah you're right it started off as are you bowls mm-hmm. it stood for ayurvedic bowls mm-hmm. and um <laughs> Initially, it was literally a breakfast account. So every day, um, I would just post photos of like my breakfast bowls, and I tried to make it pretty and stuff. But then I just kind of realized like there's only so much I can keep posting different <laughs> breakfast bowls, and it's getting a little bit boring for me. And then I thought, you know what? I really want to venture out. Like I think for me, health and wellness is so much more than just about your breakfasts. You know, it's about general, like you know, way of 
um, a lot of it is just generally about your diet, not just breakfast, but how, you know, how you kind of eat during the day. Um, I also, I have a post on there about like skincare is something I'd love to talk more about because I'm really into clean skincare. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, and then a lot of it also then transition more into just sharing, um, my reflections. So I started, um, writing having like quote posts and then some just generally about you know um you know photos um of you know different journeys that I took and having reflections on them and just sharing nuggets of wisdom which I've received from other people um so the whole page was just generally like a page of goodness and positive vibes and for people just to learn a little bit from, take a bit of inspiration from. Um, it's been on a standstill for a, a long, long time. And, um, you know, funnily enough, you know how you were saying about the whole being perfect and waiting mm. for things to be perfect. I feel like I, <clears throat> I feel like I catch myself doing that a lot. Like I want to have the perfect posts and perfect writing, but you know, sometimes what's more important is just consistency and just giving out there, giving nuggets. Because whilst 90% of people may not resonate with what you say, or maybe they've heard it all, you know what, the 10% wouldn't. Mm -hmm. And I need to be thinking about those 10% more than I think about those 90%. Mm -hmm. Because at the moment, that's not happening. Um, and if I genuinely go in with a mood of wanting to serve others and just share, not fear that, okay, this is going to be, you know, too simple or too boring or not, you know, inspiring enough. Um, it's it's going to help that one person who really needs it. Um, so I know that I, for myself, am creating my own block. Um, and I encourage everyone, um, if, if you're doing that, just, you know, I mean, I need to listen to my own advice, but, you know, firstly, I need to make time for it. And secondly, I just need to trust, trust that actually not everything needs to be perfect. Um, in terms of where I see the page going, I, um, um, as, as you mentioned at the beginning, I'm training to become a counselor. So um, eventually I want to get it to a stage where a lot of it is about um, uh, particularly helping people with their mental health um and that's the kind of route I really want to go down um and there are a lot of amazing counselors who have some amazing Instagram pages and they're always sharing all of this useful advice and wisdom and tips and I'd love to be able to share my own piece and, and, and my own take and view of how I experience the world today so that's kind of where I see it going um yeah. Don't be surprised, people, if she comes out with a podcast called Podcast with Pooj <laughs> and she talks about all these amazing things. And hopefully in season two, we get you back, Pooja, as counselor, Pooja Katri, um, yeah. you know, and talk a little bit more about that as well. But yeah, um, Pooja, thank you so much for sharing everything that you have today. And honestly, thank you so much for taking out the time and being on this podcast with me honestly like the thanks goes to you for first of all like even creating this platform for people I think it's so amazing that you know you're having these conversations with people 
and giving people the opportunity to listen in on these really raw, authentic, honest conversations. And I feel so honored to be here with you today. It's so nice because I feel like every time we speak, it is so wholesome. It's always really deep and it's so nice to be able to like just have another conversation again and, and learn more um so yeah thank you no the pleasure is all mine i mean i um i remember when we had our our conversation um at the retreat the first one during one of the nights of the kirtans where Siddhartha Prabhu was doing the kirtan and we could hear everything but we were sitting outside and having that conversation and the other conversation at the time where I wasn't feeling very well mentally and uh, you clocked it very quickly and you know I mean ever since then I just knew it's the way you say things Pooja in a very comforting manner in a very it's like a blanket of warmth you know, and I think that's why in the intro I said, I think you're the perfect person to be doing um, counseling training, you know, and honestly, like, I'd love to have you back in season two um, and talk a little bit more about that. Yeah. Mm. No, that'd be amazing. But yeah, thank you so much. Thank you so much for tuning in, everybody. We really hope you learned something new. Before we end, let's take another moment to reflect on the word wholeness. After this, think about what changed between your feelings before and after the episode. This podcast was created so we can listen to all our stories and learn from each other because there's so much that we all experience in our individual journeys. Being able to have even a small glimpse of someone's journey can add so much perspective to our lives, help us grow together and be able to better understand ourselves and each other. Despite all our differences, there's so much more that we have in common. This is a listener-supported podcast, so any level of Patreon subscription or one-time donation will be accepted with a lot of gratitude and used back to making this podcast experience even greater. The different subscriptions can be found on my Patreon page, which will be linked in the description. This was recorded during COVID times with little to no professional equipment, so the quality may sometimes vary. We apologize for this inconvenience, but despite that, we hope you were able to connect with the message of this episode. Once again, thank you so much for tuning in, and we hope to see you next week. Take care.